filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. What is going on, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where week after week I'm condensing books down to their core golden nuggets, saving you all that time from having to read it yourself. This week's book... Rise from Darkness, How to Overcome Depression Through Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Positive Psychology. So this week, the reason I chose this book was because in Canada, there's a telecommunications company called Bell. And Bell did something really cool a number of years ago when they started a marketing campaign or a campaign designed to drive more awareness around mental, uh, mental health and mel- mental wellness. And they call it Bell Let's Talk Day. And this year it's on uh, January 25th. And the whole idea about it is getting the conversation started about mental wellness, mental health. You shouldn't feel ashamed if you have depression. You shouldn't feel embarrassed if you have anxiety. You shouldn't feel, you know, shy about sharing the fact that you're stressed. Problem is, in society, it's seen as weakness, right? Seen as weakness. You know, I'm depressed or I'm, I'm anxious. Oh, that means you don't have control over your own mind. You're a weak person. No, that's the kind of thing that we got to stop doing. And that's the whole idea behind Bell Let's Talk uh, Week or Bell Let's Talk Day. And uh, so for me, I wanted to help support that movement with a book that talks about depression. And I don't underplay it, you guys. And I, I had a concern about doing this book because um, it's, it's, it's really tough to talk about this sometimes. And maybe I should talk about this. But uh, depression is something that a lot of people face. And I know a lot of people who face depression. And uh, it can be very scary, very sad. And um, really tough to deal with, extremely tough to deal with. And for me, I've always found that, you know, for myself personally, I could become depressed. Let's just be honest here. I think all of us could become depressed at some point in time. And uh, I truly mean depression, like not just sadness, but an extended period of sadness that can really make you feel like there's no way out of it. And to me, that's how I sort of look at depression. And again, I'm not talking here to kind of you know underplay anybody who's facing depression right now but I truly believe that if you are able to put certain things into place for yourself have little techniques uh, little programs that you might be able to put in place for yourself you can help get yourself out of that sadness before you put yourself in there now again like I said I'm not trying to underplay it I know that uh, with depression and anxiety sometimes there's just chemical imbalances in the brain that need to get rebalanced out which you know sometimes you need medication to do that and um, by all means you know if it helps it's what you have to do but for anybody who's facing you know periods of anxiety or um, you know symptoms of depression I truly believe there's certain things that you can do to take yourself out of that and I say that because I did it myself you guys I did it myself and you know, sometimes you get caught up in life and things seem to get, get you down and you really need to have things that can help pull you out of that. And so, um, and help you avoid things like that, help keep you in a positive state of mind. And that to me is the most important piece. And people come to me and they say, man, how can you be so upbeat? Like there's crap going around all around you right now and the world's falling apart and yet you smile and yet you, you know, you're, you're okay. Doesn't mean I'm an idiot. Doesn't mean that I'm blind to what's happening. I know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on in a lot of situations, yet I don't allow it to affect my personality. I don't allow it to affect my attitude. So I have this shield up and these shields that I have up, these 
protective mechanisms I've put in place for myself. And a lot of the things that I'm going to share with you come from this book. And so I'm going to share with you some of my own personal experiences. And I really hope that you guys can put some of these things into practice for yourself to help guard you against, you know, the, the really crappy things that happen in life that have the ability to really pull you down and um, may hold you down for extended periods of time. So I really like this book because this book is all about different techniques that anybody can use to help them overcome depression. And again, I'm very wary when I say that because um, you know sometimes these techniques aren't enough. If these things can work for you, if you wanna try them out, I would highly recommend you do that and try them out. Really dedicate yourself to them. And if you're in a really bad state of mind right now, these just might be the things to turn things around. So enough of me jibber-jabbering. Let's crack right into this one because there's some really good stuff in this book and uh, I wanna share it with you guys right away. So here we go. Rise from Darkness, How to Overcome Depression Through Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Positive Psychology. Golden nugget number one. The first step is self-awareness. So this book, again, like I didn't mention at the very beginning here, you guys, it's by Christian Hall. And the reason why Christian wrote this book was because he overcame 10 years of depression. And the way he did that was by putting certain things into practice for himself, different techniques, different approaches. And it all started with becoming self-aware. Becoming self-aware that how you're perceiving the world might not be how it actually is. You might be perceiving it to be more negative than perhaps it really is. How many times have you seen um, a certain situation and you ask somebody, you said, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you upset with me? Or are you angry at me or something? And they look at you like you're crazy and they say, no, of course I'm not. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm just distracted by this. You say, okay, great. And you might find yourself doing this a little bit more frequently. Maybe you do this with your, your spouse. Maybe you do this with your friends and you start to get worried. And in the back of your mind, you get a little paranoid and you say, I don't know. Maybe something's wrong with them. Maybe something's wrong. And the reason for that is that you have a malfunctioning filter in your mind, right? Whatever separates the brain, your eyes and your ears is a filter. And that filter perceives things differently. And Christian says, sometimes your filter is malfunctioning. Sometimes it's malfunctioning and it's not perceiving the world as it is. Another example for you, let's say you and your spouse or you and your friends, whatever it is, you're out in the park. You're sitting there, beautiful day outside, birds chirping, kids playing. You're feeling great. You're feeling relaxed. You know, it's a beautiful day outside. And yet, all of a sudden, this dog just comes running at you, right? Two people there. One person sees the dog is coming at them very friendly. They love dogs. They group with dogs. They can't wait to play with this dog. Oh, my God, friendly dog running towards me. Best day ever, right? Well, for me, that'd be the best day ever. I love dogs. The other person, on the other hand, might look at that and be like, oh, my God, a dog's coming. I just want to bolt, you know, flight or fight, you know, instinct kicks in and they just want to run and hide and scream. So right there, that example right there, you have two different perceptions of one thing that's happening in this world. What's happening in the world is pure. It's pure. It is what it is. But the perception, the filter that you have in your mind, how you're perceiving that, skews it. That dog might be friendly and yet you're looking at it like it's a ravenous beast coming at you. Probably not true. Maybe that dog's just perfectly fine and wants to play with you. Maybe she just wants to lick your hand. And so the reason this is important, the reason why I'm sharing this one is because it comes down to being self-aware. And I, again, this, this podcast, I think is going to be a little bit vulnerable because I'm using myself as an example, but, um, that example that I use where I, I'm always very wary of the people around me. I'm that person. I'm that person. I'm that guy who's always wondering, you know, are you mad? Are you okay? And I started to do that a lot more often. And I'm like, man, like what's going on? Why do I keep checking with people? And people aren't upset. People are fine. You know, I do that with coworkers. I did it with friends, with family and everything was always okay. So in the end, I'm, I take a step back and you know, my internal voice is talking to me and it says, you know what, Ryan? Like, 
what's going on here, man? Something's up. You know, you you think people are seeing you as negative. You think people are upset with you. You think people are mad with you. Why is that the case? When people, in fact, aren't upset with you at all. What's going on? What's happening? So in my own mind, I'm having this internal conversation and I'm saying, you know what? Maybe something's wrong with how I'm perceiving the world and maybe I got to change that. Maybe I got to change that. And I did change that. And how I changed that, I don't know. I just became aware of it. The filter in your mind is perceiving things to be more negative than they are. That self-talk that I gave myself really helped me change different scenarios. And it really helped improve my quality of life. You know, I didn't go into things feeling like, oh, what do I have to do to make this person happier? What did I do wrong this time? No, instead it was, things are okay. Things are good. You know, don't perceive it as negative. Perceive it as positive and change that perception to be, no, I think people are more happy with me than I think they are. People love me. People are positive with me. People love to talk to me. I started to change that. That was my new mentality. And now it's just, this is great. You know, it's really funny because as I was reading this book, there was two things that I noticed right away that I was doing. Number one, something that Christian calls over-dramatizing. And that's where I started to think that negative experiences were, were all around me, that they were more significant than they truly were. You know, I thought, oh my God, you know, they're probably mad at me because maybe I didn't say something, or maybe, maybe I, I should have done this right, or maybe I did this wrong, or what have you. And it was becoming so much more dramatic than it truly was. I was telling a story in my mind that was far more dramatic than what reality had right in front of me. And so this over-dramatizing, it's something that we always do. And, and what that does, it interrupts the flow of reality, essentially. We have this pure form of reality in front of us, and yet our filter, our over-dramatization of the actual situation skews the truth in terms of what actually it is. And so I caught myself over-dramatizing everything, and that was one issue. The other issue I did, and it's something Christian calls mind-reading, it's something I did all the time where I would say something to someone. I would say, um, let me give you an example here, you know, a sales meeting, for example. I would say, uh, this was, this was the, um, the mechanism that I had in place. You know, we didn't break through this, uh, this marketplace here, but I'm taking a new approach. And instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use, you know, strategy X and tactic YZ. This is what I'm going to do. And then I'd look at their face. And their face, you know, their furrowed brows, whatever. And I, I would go to them and I would say something like, you know, do you have a different idea? Do you not like that? And they're like, no, actually, I, I completely love it. I love this idea. I think it's great. And so I was mind reading, but I was mind reading from a negative perspective. I was saying, oh man, they hate this. Look at their face. Look at their body language. They don't like it. They're upset with me. Oh my God, do they think I'm stupid? Do they think I'm stupid? Oh man, I should have prepared this more. When in reality, it's just like, no, I, I love it. Love the idea. I think it's great. I was just thinking in more detail, you know, why we didn't do this earlier. And you know, how I was thinking about how we can use this in other areas of the business. It's like, oh man, you really like this idea. But again, this whole thing of over-dramatizing and mind reading, thinking that you can get in the person's mind. These two things are killers, man. They're killers. And it's you just making that filter in your mind even stronger. So the next time, the next time you're in this negative situation and you see things as more negative than they truly are, you got to be more self-aware. You got to pull yourself essentially out of yourself, look at the situation as a whole and say, am I looking at this a little bit more negative? Am I over-dramatizing the situation? Am I reading their mind from a negative perspective and telling me a story that's maybe overly negative and more negative than reality is presenting to me? Chances are in most cases, I bet that's the case. Golden nugget number two, the power of a list and gratitude. 
So this whole idea of lists and gratitude, I think gratitude we've heard a lot about. You know, this whole idea of just being more grateful for what you have will help you focus more on the positive things that you have. You know, and not on the negative. You know, I don't have this. I don't have this. I wish I had this. Why don't I have this? When you put yourself in that state of mind, you never have enough. You're never happy with what you have. It's going to create a thought process for you, a thought pattern that's going to be very negative. I never have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. And eventually that's all you're going to see. You're going to see lack and, you know, I'm not wealthy. I'm not wealthy. I'm not rich. Change that. And the way you change that is with gratitude, showing gratitude for what you have. And it might be as simple, as simple as the fact that you're alive for crying out loud. I'm going to get very real here for you guys for a second, but... um. <laughs> You don't really know what you got until it's gone, right? And you don't know what you got until you start losing stuff. And that's the hardest part in life. Right? Realizing that you're going to start to lose something. And then all of a sudden you start to appreciate it. Am I right or am I right, you guys? Seriously. You know, you look at things and you take them for granted. Whether it's relationships. Whether it's, you know, a specific emotion. Something that you're feeling. Um, it might even be a prized possession that you have. It might be something... As simple as, you know, your, maybe something as simple as a bike or a car, your house, you know, your computer, whatever it is. You take these things for granted. And I say you, but I mean we, all of us do this. Every single one of us. We're all humans and we're all guilty of this. We take things for granted. You know, we take relationships for granted, right? When somebody's passing away, when someone's dying, that's when you start to pay more attention to them. That's when you start to... You know, you wish, you, you, you have regret. I wish I spent more time with them. I wish I listened to more stories from them. Fuck, like it's, that's the tough stuff, guys. That's the tough stuff in life. And so this whole idea of gratitude, the reason why I'm kind of going down this, this path is that be grateful for what you have now. Find gratitude in what you have. Be grateful for the friendships that you have. Be grateful for those people in your life that you maybe, you know, you look at, they're like, oh, this person's really annoying, but... If that person were to go today or go tomorrow, you'd miss, you'd miss them a great deal. You got to find pleasure. You got to be grateful for those people in your life that maybe you take for granted. I don't know. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a certain friend. Maybe it's an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend that still hangs around. That We went through tough times and you know things are tough, but uh, you know I'm still glad they're in my life and I'm really happy for that. You guys got to find gratitude in absolutely everything. There was a film that I watched a long, long time ago and... This gentleman told a story about how he kept a rock in his pocket. And every time he touched that rock, he would think about something he was grateful for. You know, and so he would go in his pocket, you know, pay for coffee, touch that rock. All of a sudden, oh, I've got to be grateful for something. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful just for the fact that I have two legs, right? And I can walk. I'm grateful for the fact that I can run. I'm grateful for the fact that I have change in my pockets. I'm grateful for the fact that I have clothes in my body. I'm grateful for the fact that I can stand in line and order a coffee. You know, there's some people out there who don't even have that. And by putting yourself in a state of gratitude, it starts to change the filter in your mind to be like, you know what? I'm pretty damn lucky. Pretty damn lucky to have the, the friendships I have, the family I have, the wealth that I have. And I'm, you know what? Damn, I'm wealthy. I might not be loaded rich. My bank account might not be full to the brim. But damn it, you know what? What I have, I'm feeling pretty damn good. And once you put yourself in that state of mind, I'll tell you guys, really great things happen. Real great things happen. You know, I'm always wary of this because it sounds very fluffy, but you get more good things that come to you. You get more good things. It's almost like a magnet. These things just come to you. And so that's what the first thing I'm going to tell you guys. You know, don't, don't underplay gratitude. 
There's there's a, a lady on my Facebook right now, and she's doing this gratitude challenge. She's not a New Year's resolution. She's been doing this for, for about a year now. And uh, every week, she'll list out five things she's grateful for. And I love what she's doing because people are looking at that, and they're saying, you know, I should be doing that too. There's a lot of things I could be grateful for. So the one thing that maybe you could take away from this is try to make that a daily practice. A daily practice. You know, maybe put a rock in your pocket or, I don't know, put something in your pocket that's going to remind you of this. Or maybe put a reminder in your phone or in your calendar just to be grateful for something. And while it might sound fluffy and it might sound goofy, and I know that a lot of you guys listening to this won't try it, if you do try it, if you truly find things around you to be grateful for, you're going to realize you have a lot more going for you than you have going against you. And that's definitely going to help you in your path to having this positive mindset. Okay, the other one here that you can use is a list. Grab an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, draw a line straight through the middle, you know, horizontally, drive it straight through the middle so you have a top and a bottom. And the very top, I want you to write all the things that are getting you down. I want you to write down every single thing that just takes away your positive energy, all those things. Now, on the bottom of the list, what I want you to do now is write down all the things that bring happiness to you, things that make you laugh, things that make you smile, things that change your mood. It might be the gym. It might be music. It might be your dog. It might be your cat. It might be your family members. It might be your friends. It might be just the quiet time that you have, you know, on the subway listening to music. It might be listening to me. I don't know. But I want you guys to write down absolutely everything that makes you happy, something that brings you joy, things that change your mood on the bottom of that list. So once you have that list now, what I want you to do is I want you to keep this list with you. And what I want you to do is just, again, just having this awareness, this awareness of the things that make you happy and this awareness of the things that upset you. And by just writing it down, by taking everything out of your brain and making it real and capturing it, making it a prisoner on paper, you might find yourself moving towards, gravitating towards the things that make you more happy. And you might be finding that you want to take yourself away from those things that are more negative. At least now you can see it all. You can see all the things that make you happy, all the things that make you upset. And the whole idea here is to be aware. Again, it comes back to self-awareness. And trying to remove yourself from the things that make you upset, the things that make you feel depressed. And move yourself more in the direction of those things that bring you joy, things that make you happy. Do more of those things because those things are going to help to change things around. It's going to help to modify that malfunctioning filter in your brain. It's going to help you see the world in a more positive fashion. So you have two techniques there. You know, gratitude, maybe you get a gratitude rock or whatever it is. Find things to be grateful for and then a list. Make things real. You know, the things that are making you sad, the things that are making you happy. And do more of those things that make you happy and get away from the things that are making you more upset. Golden nugget number three. The power of a mantra and a little something called the catastrophe scale. Mantras. This is really important and something that a lot of people ignore. And I'll tell you right now, I've mentioned this before and I've said this before. And you guys can go back to previous episodes and know that I have a mantra in place that protects me from the negative events that happen in my life. My mantra, and I know a lot of you guys who are listening who know me, you know that I say this all the time. And it's that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. That's one mantra. I have another mantra though, it's this isn't a setback, it's a set up for something greater. Those are two important, very powerful mantras in my life. Because any time, any time that I face any, any form of difficulty or hardship, I look for the lesson in this. I say, Something is, something's happening here. There's a reason this happened and I have to learn it. Because once I learn this lesson, I'm going to be better for it. And it's going to set me up for something greater. And I'm not going to be down here with all this crap anymore. 
Now, if I solve this problem, I'm gonna have success in the future. You know, I might have lost the client. You know, ah, this is terrible. I can get down on myself. I'm stupid. I don't get this. You know, I should have done this. I should have done that. No, stop it. Look at it more positively. Hey, listen, this isn't a setback. This is set up for something greater. You know what? This failure with this one client, if I learn the lesson, if I understand why I failed this client, it's going to set me up for success in the future so I don't make these stupid mistakes anymore. And it's going to make my business even, even stronger. It's going, to, I'm, it's going to enable me to thrive now. And I'm never going to have these issues again. Right? It's not a setback. It's a setup. A relationship doesn't go your way. It's not a setback, you guys. It's a setup for something else. This relationship wasn't meant to be. But you know what, though? I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the person I want to be with. It's going to set me up for getting a better relationship in the future. Right? There's, you can look at this through every possible direction. Even something as terrible as losing a family member. Okay? Um, losing a family member is tough, you guys. It's not easy. And, you know, you can approach it in the exact same way. This isn't a setback. This is a set up for something else. You know, maybe you look at it and you say, this is, there's, no, there's no good to come from this, Ryan. You know, don't try to make something good of this. You know what? There could be some good from it. You know, losing somebody like that, it might make your relationship stronger with the people that you have in your life and say, you know what? This is a reminder to me to, that I got to love more. I have to care more about my family. I have to spend more time with my family. I have to spend more time with my friends. I took them for granted. I wasn't, wasn't grateful for what I had. That could be what it was setting you up for. You know, and some people out there listening right now, you might listen to me and say, listen, Ryan, sometimes you just hit sadness and you got to be sad. I agree. I agree. There's times to be sad, yes, but when the tears are all gone, it's time to move on. And it's time to put yourself in a more positive state of mind. But again, if you sit there and you just look at it and say, you know what, I should have done this. I should have have spent more time with them. No, stop it. It's not a setback. It's a setup for more. Now you're aware of this. Now you can take care of the relationships that you have. You know, perspective is such a big thing. And so I use this mantra. I use my mantras to help me get perspective on life, get perspective of things. You know, my other one as well too. Life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. That takes me from being a victim in life. You know, things are just happening to me. I have no control over them. Nah, screw that. Life happens for me. There's a reason that I didn't get this client. There's a reason I failed miserably on this. Because I have to learn a lesson. You're not a victim in life, you guys. If you look at yourself like a victim in life, you're going to be a victim. And life's going to happen to you. But don't look at yourself like that. You are the main character in your life. Start acting like it. Life's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Everything that's happening in your life is there for a reason. Learn from it. If you approach it with that perspective, that filter in your mind, if you install that filter in your mind, a lot of things in life, they're not going to hit you as hard as they would. You know, if you lost your job, if you got laid off, if you got fired, you know, all that stuff, you can look at it and say, man, life sucks. Or you can look at it and say, there's a reason this is happening. This happened because there's something else I need to do. There's something I could be happier doing. There's another great tool out there. Again, the uh, catastrophe scale. That's going to help you get perspective on something. This very simple tool, you guys, very easy to do. All you got to do is decide in your mind, you know, what's a zero and what's a 10? What's a 10 on the catastrophe level? Make it as bad as possible, you know? Um, All your family, you know, a nuke goes off and all your family dies. You know, as negative and terrible as that sounds, put yourself in that position. What would you feel like? Just sit down, close your eyes. What would that feel like? All your family dies, you know, you know, brutally, terribly, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry guys to be very negative here, but I'm trying to do this on purpose. Paint a picture of the worst possible case scenario. That's a number 10. Be as dramatic as possible. 
You might get yourself upset even thinking about it, but make that 10 as bad as possible. Then a one on the catastrophe scale, a number one might be, you know, you got a paper cut. Now that you have these set up in your mind, when something bad happens, put it on the catastrophe scale. Where is this? Because when something bad happens, you become emotional. It overwhelms you. Oh my God, this is terrible. The world's crumbling around me. Stop. Become self-aware. Put the catastrophe scale into, into place for yourself and say, okay, I got laid off. I, I got fired. Where is this on the catastrophe scale? Well, number 10. That was really bad. You know, my whole family dying. You know, that's a 10. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This isn't that bad. It's pretty crappy for the short term. But you know what? In the long term, it's not that bad. And this whole, the whole idea of the catastrophe scale is just designed to give you a little perspective on what's happening in life. Because so often we just get caught up in what's happening. We say, oh, this is terrible. I'm down on this. Why is this happening? And you become overly dramatic about things. When in reality, in the big picture, it's not that bad. You know, my friends that, you know, who are listening to this, they always say, you know, Ryan, when something bad happens, you always say, hey, could be worse could be worse and it's true things could always be worse they could always be worse so it's just perspective you guys oh, i missed my flight ah this is the worst i'm gonna get home so late i'm gonna miss my sleep ah it's terrible i had this report to do listen on the catastrophe scale where is this probably a five so maybe don't get so you know worked up about it someone took my parking spot oh it's gonna ruin my day i'm gonna get out there and key their car hold on catastrophe scale where is that probably a two okay you know maybe it's not that big of a deal Use the catastrophe scale to give you a little bit of perspective on life and use mantras, mantras to protect yourself from the negativities of life. And last but certainly not least, you guys, golden nugget number four, the power of goals and gut health. So I'm kind of going off off topic here a little bit. And um, the reason for this, and I'm kind of going away from the book, and I'll help you guys out here really quickly in terms of why I'm doing that. In the book, they talk about affirmations and visualization as two techniques that you can use to help you, um, again, get yourself into a more positive state of mind. You know, affirmation is, you know, I, uh, I'm feeling happier, I'm feeling happier, I'm feeling happier, I'm feeling happier, I'm feeling happier. Listen, I get it. I get that that might work for some people and that might work for you. For me, I never found that it worked quite well for me. And for a lot of people, I don't think it worked quite well, this whole idea of affirmations. And I'm sorry if it works for some people and I, I don't mean to to crap all over, you know, something that might work for somebody. But for me, I just felt it didn't work. And so with this podcast, I want to bring you things that I truly believe in. Affirmations, you know, as Tony Robbins always says, you know, you can't just close your eyes and, you know, you have a, uh, you have a full lawn full of weeds. You can't just close your eyes and say, I have no weeds, I have no weeds, I have no weeds. And then open your eyes and realize, ah, crap, there's weeds there still. What do you got to do? You got to go out there and pull those suckers out. Right? So you can have all the affirmations in the world, but unless you actually do something to change your reality, those weeds are still going to be there. So I'm not a fan of affirmations. Um, the other one is visualizations. And visualizations are cool. Um, I used them quite a bit, actually, when I was, um, when I was competing competitively in um, full contact martial arts. I would use it all the time. You know, I'd picture myself, visualize, very vivid in my mind, you know, walking to the, walking to the uh, tatami, getting on there and fighting and seeing exactly how we would go and how I'm going to kick his leg and kick his head and what have you. And, you know, it really helped a great deal because I would go there in the mind and when I go there in the mind, I would go there in the body very easily. And so I found power in visualization from an athletic perspective. But when it came down to, um, you know, business or when it came down to relationships, I didn't, I don't know, it didn't really work that well for me. You know, visualization, I see it as a tool to help you maybe reduce the amount of stress you have, but sometimes that stress is just going to be there regardless. And 
you might disagree with me, and that's quite all right. You can absolutely disagree with me. But again, this podcast is something that I don't want to just share stuff with you that I don't believe in. I want to share stuff with you guys that I believe in. And so where I'm coming from with this one, goals and gut health. There's two things here that I really want to get out of here. And these, these again, like I said, they stray from the book, but they're so powerful. And I want to share them with you. So number one, goals. I truly believe that what keeps me away from depression, what keeps me away from sadness, what keeps me away from feeling down on myself sometimes is just that I have goals in place. I always have something I'm working towards. I always have something at the top of my mind that says, man, I got to get this. Maybe it's a health goal. I have fitness goals, you know, body fat percentage, a certain amount of weight that I can lift. I have a goal and I'm always setting a new goal, right? A more personal goal. I have another goal, you know, a goal of taking X amount of trips, you know? I have a goal for work. I want to achieve this. I have a goal for a certain amount of money. I want to achieve this. And so I have goals in place and I have actions in place. I have plans in place to get there. And so I'm busy. I'm active. I'm thinking. I'm challenging. I'm trying new things. And because of that, my mind is always occupied. And guess what? An occupied mind doesn't grow stale. Running water doesn't go stale. Bruce Lee said it best. And the same thing is true with your mind. An active mind doesn't go stale. It doesn't have time to think about, you know, how sad you are. It doesn't have time to think about, oh, you know, how anxious you are. Nah, it's too busy focusing on achieving that goal. It's focusing on going forward, progressive, moving forward, getting things you don't have, all while being grateful for what you do have. Setting goals to me is one of the biggest things you can do. And a lot of the times I find that when people are, you know, down on themselves, not feeling good, it's because they don't have goals in place. Now, the key here is don't set your goal too big. Have big goals, but have goals that are achievable as well, too, to keep you going. Don't set goals that are too far out there because if they're too far out there, it might seem impossible. Set some really simple goals for yourself. You know, maybe maybe you're in the gym right now and you're kicking it up and, you know, you're starting your New Year's resolution and, you know, your whole goal is to, you know, just be fit. You know, I want to have six-pack abs. Okay, well, be realistic here. You know, if you're 150, 200 pounds overweight, sure, six-pack abs, it might be a two-year goal. Why don't you try a one-month goal? And the one-month goal is to be able just to go to the gym, you know, four days a week. Well done. You hit that goal. Perfect. Maybe your next goal is to stay on the treadmill for 20 minutes straight. You know, I set goals all the time. Little goals, micro goals. I'll set a goal in the gym where I'll look forward to going to the gym and hitting up the Stairmaster because my whole goal here is to hit 2,000 plus steps in the 20 minutes that I'm there. So then I'll be like, yeah, I hit that goal. I hit 2,000. What's my next one? My next one is 2,050 steps. Perfect. I did it. Next goal, 2,100. And now I'm at a goal of 2,750, 2,750 steps in 20 minutes. You know, that was my goal. And I'm busting my butt on that one. So I have these little micro goals that I keep in place. And so you got to set these goals, you guys. To me, they're so important. The next one, guys, gut health. So again, this is something very personal to me as well. If you put crap in your body, if you sit there and you eat McDonald's, Burger King, whatever it is, if you eat crap all the time, you're drinking pop and what have you. Last week, we were just talking about the, the, the dangerous side effects of having sugar in your system. If you put all that stuff in your body, that's not going to help your mental state. It's just not. It's going to make you feel unhealthy. It's going to make you feel sluggish. And yes, it is going to affect your mental state. Whether you think so or not, it does. Well, you are what you eat. If you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap. If you eat good, nutritious, healthy, green, dark green foods, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel great. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to feel vibrant. You're going to feel energetic. Your gut health is so important, so important, and it affects how you feel mentally. It absolutely does. I've found a ton of studies that back this up. 
how your gut, the bioflora in your gut impacts your mental state. It truly does. It impacts how you feel. The crappy thing though, it's a, such a vicious circle because that food tastes delicious. You know, that McDonald's, that, that juicy, greasy burger, salty fries, sweet drink. That is a concoction of terrible garbage for you. The problem is it makes you feel good for the short term while you're eating it. The problem is it doesn't help you out in the long term. And so because it makes you feel good in the short term, you keep going back and you go back and you go back and you feel better and better and better because every time you eat it, you feel great and you look forward to eating it. The problem with that though is it's a vicious circle because it's, it's not helping you. It's not helping your gut health. And because it's not helping your gut health, it's keeping you in this constant state of just feeling crappy, eating crappy, feeling crappy, eating crappy, and you can't get out of that. The way to get out of that is to start eating healthy. What does your gut need to be healthy? You know, things like kombucha, um, eating things that are high in acidophilus. You might want to start taking acidophilus or, you know, yogurt, for example, has acidophilus in it. You might want to try fermented greens, for example, things like um, kimchi or, or what have you. There's so many different things that you can do to help the bioflora uh, in your stomach, uh, things you can eat to change that. And uh, maybe somebody who knows better can maybe come on the podcast one day and share a little little one thing or share a thing or two with, uh, with the audience and a uh, little bit of information. Actually, you know what's really funny? This idea just came to me right now. I might actually go to the individual that wrote that uh, that article online and see if they actually have a book. And if they have a book, I'm going to review it. I'm going to get them on the podcast to share a little bit of information with you guys on that. Because that could be something of interest to you guys that you might want to hear a little bit more about and go a little bit more deeper into. But uh, until then, do your own research on that. But the takeaway here, guys, is two things that I found really impactful in my life. Setting goals and just eating right. When I ate right, I felt right. When I ate like crap, I felt like crap. Very simple. And while it might be tough... To, uh, to achieve, it's just something you got to commit to yourself. Commit it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. Goals and gut health, so important, you guys. All right, my friends, there we have it. That's Rise from Darkness, How to Overcome Depression Through Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Positive Psychology. This is a very personal one for me, you guys, very personal. It's so important because this one affects everybody. We're all surrounded by positivity. We're all surrounded by negativity. And yet, sometimes, I don't know why, we just allow the negativity to control us. We gotta use these techniques, use these approaches to help combat the negativity, to help protect us from the negativity and help tune our minds to positivity. And we gotta do this, you guys. We have no choice. We have no choice. We do have a choice. We have a choice to let negativity override us. But I'll tell you, life is so much better when you look at it through the positive lens. And it's super important that you guys do this. I, I care about you guys. I really do. And I've, I've talked to a lot of you folks. And, um, you know, the fact you guys tune into me every single week, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm very grateful to have an opportunity to talk to you guys. And so, um, like last week, I want you guys to be around for a long time by protecting your health. In this one, I want to make sure that you guys um, are protecting your mental health as well, too. And then, in the nature of um, Bell Let's Talk Week uh, in Canada, um, maybe you guys can do me a favor. I know that you guys, that a lot of you guys are listening from all around the world, but um, do me a favor and just share this this week, you guys, especially this one. You know, you guys don't have to share any of the other podcast episodes, you know, that I've done. Of course, I want you guys to, but this one in particular, I really want you guys to share with people and just let people know um, this, this episode exists because even if one person you share this with, you know, listens to this and they put something into practice that helps them, man, like... How awesome is that? You know, that to me, it makes, it really makes all of this worthwhile. And I hope that, um, 
uh, hopefully that it makes makes it worthwhile for you guys as well too, just to share this. And I hope that um, that you guys do share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Share it online. Feel free to tag me when you guys do it as well too, so I can see that you guys are sharing it and um, you know get the good word out there. You know because. I can help you guys with this podcast, but you guys can also help other people by sharing this podcast with others as well. And especially on this week, you know, Bell Let's Talk week, um, I think that this is a great opportunity to share this with uh, with people and, and, and really give some techniques some tools to folks who might need them. That's all. So on that note, my friends, I really appreciate you guys being here with me. I really do. And I appreciate anything that you guys do to promote the show uh, and get it out there. To me, that's... Um, it means a lot to me. So thank you so much, you guys. I hope you have an awesome, awesome week, a productive week, you guys. I'll catch you back here next week with a brand new book and brand new Golden Nuggets. Have an awesome week. Take it easy. I love you guys. Tomorrow's not promised. I got to get as much done as I can. Freedom is available to everyone. There isn't anyone that cannot live the way they want to live. See? Why don't they? Why don't they? They don't know. And they don't even know they don't know. It, you know, we get so caught up in the day-to-day of living that it's, you know, How many of us really experience life while we're living it? Do what you want to do with your life, right? Don't don't go be doing something you don't enjoy. Don't do something that's, don't get locked into, you know, a a car that you can't afford and doing something crazy because you need the money. Don't, don't do that. Do what you want to do. Do what the f*** is it that you really want to do? Because if someone else is doing it, you can do it, you know? I mean, everybody makes their own path through this world. But a lot of people don't follow the path that they really feel pulled to. Everyone encounters difficulties. There is no easy road. It does not exist. It is impossible. Everyone has issues. Trust me, everybody has a hard road. We all go through hard times. We all go through depression. We all do go through doubt. That is what makes you a person. And those difficult moments are what build your character. Sometimes you just got to get up and get shit done. There's sometimes where you have to pull yourself up and you have to push forward even if you want to stay in bed. Sometimes life's going to hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith.